Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Why do you always make things harder than they have to be? It's like you purposefully pick out the stuff that is almost impossible for you to do. I don't know. It's just that I want to be something. Exactly. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we talk about the wisdom of the wave. Yes, I'll see you on the flip. All right, so let's get started. So um, with the start of this year, and uh, thank you everyone for listening on on New Year's Day yesterday. I really appreciate it. So at the start of this year, I got some cool stuff. Um, This kind of came out of a conversation that I had with one of my beloved nieces, and we were talking about some goals and some uh, strategies to achieve them. And um, I started using this example, these metaphors, and she was like, Anshel, that is so cool. Uh, I wish you'd do a podcast. And I was like, okay, I got you. And so I'm now around to the point where I'm ready to release this podcast. And so today we're going to be talking about the wisdom of the wave. But first, I want to give homage to the mountains, to the hilltops, and to those things, uh, because they have their place. And let me tell you a quick little something. So in last year, uh, when people were, when it was in the season, I think it was around May. (coughs) Excuse me, guys. It was around May. And it was the season for people to start scaling some of the uh, most uh, mis- um, m- um, majestic mountain ranges around the world. And the uh, Mount Everest made headlines. And it made headlines because there was a human traffic jam on top of the mountain range. And Mount Everest has a very narrow a passageway to get to the top that doesn't automatically kill you. And so with this particular mountain, it is where the way you go up is also the way you have to come back down. So it's not necessarily where you go up, you plant your stake, you take your picture, and then you go down a different way. And so it already has a logistics problem. But because it has uh, received so much uh, PR over the years, and it has actually helped the two countries that uh, it exists in. A lot of people are still touting climbing Mount Everest. Yes, you know, and so a lot of people still want to climb that mountain to say they've climbed it. <laughs> John Oliver did a great special on it on HBO. You can catch it on HBO or on uh, YouTube as well. 
uh, where he posted it, where he does a really good uh, treatise of this whole traffic jam that happened this this year. And he talked about how a lot of people were doing it for the clout. They were doing it for the gram. They were doing it because they thought that's how they should be doing it. And thus their inexperience was causing major problems because they would get stuck up there, even with a guide. They'd get up there and then they couldn't uh, get back down as easily uh, because it took different skill sets. And so you had more experienced climbers who were um, being put in peril because of these inexperienced climbers trying to climb this mountaintop for the clout of it. I have, and this is not to bash anyone, but it has been the funniest thing where I see like retired athletes. And the first thing they go and do, they go and climb some mountains so that they when they uh, start doing their uh, motivational speaking and stuff, they can say, I climbed this mountain and I climbed this mountain and all of this. And because they climbed the mountain, they're supposed, they're looking at you like, ta-da, that makes me great. <laughs> and I'm, maybe I'm, I'm shady, skeptical. I don't know, but I'm looking at them like, no, it doesn't. It just makes, makes it seem like you did that because you thought that was going to impress me. No. And I'm like the old preacher. I don't care how high you could jump. I want to see how straight you can walk when you get back down. I'm looking at what are you doing in the everyday? And so y'all forgive me for going off on that little tangent, but there's a lot to be said about mountains, hilltops, mole hills, if you will, that we'll talk about today. Uh, but there is a great wisdom in understanding the difference between the mountains and the, the the oceans, okay? So let's just let's just break this down. There is in the United States, there is a state that almost half of it is uninhabitable because of mountain ranges. You can't, yeah, you you just can't live there. And even with the technology as it is today, they have not figured out a way for Joe Q Public or Susie Q Everywhere to be able to live on this land without darn near killing themselves every day trying to get to and from their domiciles. And so a hefty amount, and I'm talking, the state that I'm talking about is California. A hefty amount of California on the east side is chock full of mountain ranges. And so most of the people, especially from the north going down to around the LA, Southern California uh, point, most of these people have to live on the west side of that mountain range. So it's between them is a mountain, our mountains, and on the other side is water. And let me tell you a little something about the whole idea of mountains. When you think about it, it is an impressive, powerful, and terrible thing. And so the way mountains are made is when tectonic plates underneath the Earth's um, surface start to move. And these mountains are made when these tectonic plates start moving toward each other. And the collision where neither one decides to back down is such that, like I said, you get a pile up, you get a traffic pile up. And so it forces the power of these plates refusing to move they start forcing the land above it, them to buckle and to thrust upward into the sky. And, uh, and, and it, it's enough such that, that that movement causes that buckling to happen until 
the opposing forces of those plates are neutralized against each other, meaning they come to a stalemate. And so whenever you see mountains, just understand for a period of time, there were powerful forces underneath them causing them to buckle and uh, to rise up to the sky, rise upward, because neither one was backing down. So already when you consider a mountain, you consider a lot of stuff has gone, gone over. And that's another reason why you'll have mountain ranges instead of just a mountain here and a mountain there because of this, this tectonic plate action. And think of the, the idea of the actual land. Now, here's where I was talking with my niece and uh, helping her to understand some stuff. We were talking and I was, and she's, she's um, going to be um, doing some things and I'm so proud of her uh, that she has stuck with it. And I was telling her, you know, don't be like me where I was one of those mountain range kind of people where I bought into it, not externally, not from any kind of marketing, because I'm not saying that I wanted to go and climb Mount Everest. But what I was saying was, is that I was trying to really make my molehills, my mountains. I was trying to make things harder than they needed to be. I was trying to uh, do things and thinking that if I went up the hard way, that I would prove my worthiness and that I would prove that, see, I deserve this because I climbed this mountain. (laughs) Ta-da! And just like when I talk about these athletes and these other people that try to find some kind of way to make you think that just because they did this act that they're great, I was doing the same thing. And I was making things way harder than they needed to be. Catch that. Catch that. Because that's a wisdom smack. You don't necessarily have to climb a mountain just to prove or validate that you can do something. There are less... Uh, treacherous and highly effective ways that you can do or achieve the same thing. And that's the wisdom of the wave that we're going to be talking about. But not only that, if we actually look at uh, the metaphor of what land and uh, firmament, you know, I'm talking about the ground and, and, and the rocks and all of that stuff, what they mean, they actually mean stability. They can actually mean wealth. Uh, it can mean the tangibles, the practical, the uh, the 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 part that we can put our hands on, the materials of this world. And so, when you look at people who are driven to do this whole mountain climbing, whether it be literal or figurative, we are looking at trying to claim or conquer the wealth, the materials, and the the tangibles in our life. We're trying to get control of them, over them, subjugate them, subordinate them to our will and to our way. And it's okay. But that is not the only way. And it shouldn't be the top way that you try to do this because there are more resources at our disposal than we realize. And nutty me, it took me a while to understand that not every goal requires me climbing a mountain to get it. And and so understanding that, that wisdom that came from that, that took me so long to understand. 
I am going to helpfully help to shortcut it for you today by giving you this, this wonderful wisdom smack that there is wisdom in the wave. So let me just digress a little bit. So I've talked about these mountaintops and I've talked about how they are the result of two opposing powerful tectonic forces beneath the surface of the earth. But figuratively, mountains are also known as, are you ready for this? Huge problems. They're uh, known uh, for obstacles that need to be conquered. They are known for uh, being the treacherous path that you'll embark on to achieve great things and great goals. Now, you guys know by now that I write um, I write fiction for a living. I teach how to write it and, and, and all of that. And whenever I'm working with a, a quest of some sort where my character has to go on some kind of quest, you can, if you really want to make it hard, throw a mountain in there and people will immediately, whether they can articulate it or not, they'll understand like, oh, we're about to go through some hell because there's a mountain involved. And the treachery of trying to transverse the mountain or the mountain range, or even, and I'm not even talking about getting to the mountain top, just even trying to uh, uh, walk around on, on on a small ledge of the mountain to get somewhere is very hard and you take your life, your, you put your life in peril when you try to do that. And so inherently, everyone agrees that I know of in the Western culture, that is, that mountains can represent huge obstacles and huge problems. And think about it. When you have all of this power of the earth thrusting itself upward into the realm of the air, Oh my gosh, you are talking about some major power at work here. Uh, So I've talked about the meaning of uh, the earth, meaning uh, wealth, materials or materialism, uh, also stability because it is still the ground. Uh, It is the tangibles, which you can reach out and you can touch. And it's opposite or opposing, if you will, is going to be the air. And when mountains thrust up into the air, think of the air as the creative force, that force that lives in the land of uh, dreams, magic, uh, the mystical, where you can come up with a thought. And a thought, when it is uh, activated, takes on action, and then it goes down to create things on the earth below. And so a lot of times when people are going up these mountains into this air, there is a collision of creativity meets uh, materialism or materials, and it becomes a very volatile thing. Think about uh, going back to the whole Everest thing. They talk about the reason why there is a, a little window and a little season that it's okay to climb this mountain. It's because during the rest of the year, the earth and the air are having it out. The earth is there protruding into the sky and thus the sky is raining down wind and snow. And so the, uh, this earthen uh, monument, if you will, of a mountain is unmovable. It's, re- it's refusing to retreat. And so it is encased in snow 
and there are high wind forces whirling around it each and every day. And if you know anything about the persistence of air or water, you know that they will wear down something. And so if you've got constant wind assailing these mountains, they're, you know, they're doing their job to to break down the mountain a little bit every year, a little bit more. And so you don't have no parts of being in that volatile energy of those powerful forces that are that will not be moved by you or whatever you try to do. And so there's that small window of time. And that translates when I was talking with my niece and and, and meditating and ruminating on it. That translates into for me that those huge obstacles, they should come more sparingly than I know I was trying to make them because I was like, oh, I got something to do. So let me find my mountain and start climbing it. And that is not the way our our lives should be done. We should not be trying to find a mountain to climb every time we want to achieve something. Yeah, mountains are obstacles. Mountains that land, if you will, do represent the way that we gain the material, the tangible, the real quote unquote manifestation, because that's what earth also can mean, manifestation, the way we manifest things. But there is a wisdom and the wisdom is in the waves. So let's go on over and talk about these waves here, the water. And uh, waves, it usually takes a large amount of water for waves to come in. So you can have waves from seas and from oceans. And these waves are usually made because of the tides and how the water moves back and forth, um, clashing against, yep, you guessed it, the land. And so when you have these uh, large waves, now I said that and that's not necessarily true because you can have waves out in the middle of nowhere. Um, You can have great and uh, terrible elements happening out. You can have whirlpools, hurricanes, you, you name it. You can have a lot of stuff happening. But I'm talking about the waves as they pertain to where the water meets the land. So on your coastlines and that kind of stuff. And let me just say, just like we did the treatment on the earth and the air, water. Water has a meaning as well. And so water If we're looking at it from um, a a meaning, think about water as it is. It is a fluid. It's malleable. You're able to shape it in a cup or you're able to dive into it and let it surround you and submerge you. And thus water represents our subconscious. It represents that under level. When I think about water, I know this might sound crazy, but I always think of Davy's Locker. Davy's Locker is a a slang term that was used uh, to describe what would happen when shipmen would fall into the sea to their death. They would go down and be buried in, you guessed it, Davy's Locker. And so whenever I think about the metaphoric meaning of water. I think about Davy's Locker because we go into this water, we go into the depths of who we are beneath the surface, beneath the earth. So whereas your air is up here creating thoughts, your water, which is under the earth, is um, creating uh, behaviors, creating um, things that are hidden but can be seen. And 
Thus, you can see where like on the top of or the surface of the water, you'll have a wave. But underneath that is a whole bunch of activity happening underneath the water for the wave to be manifested on the top where you can see it, you can interact with it. And so water means subconscious, but guess what? Water also means emotions or feelings. Uh, it, It means, are you ready? Abundance. So whereas earth is meaning to manifest, to have wealth, to have the tangibles, the water is the abundance. It is the feelings. It is the emotions of the elements. And don't believe me? Think about this. What if you are trying to have a harvest, a plenty, and you are given these great seeds of value and worth that are promised that to produce a lot if you if you if you farm and harvest them. So you go out and you plant your seeds, right? You put them deep into that rich, dark, black earth and you do everything you're supposed to. And then they tell you, but there is a magic ingredient that without it, your seeds will die. They will dry out and they will die. And you guessed it. It is water. Yes, you can have the power of the earth. You can have the power of air and AKA the sunlight. But until you add that water, nothing happens. The sea will either stay dormant or it'll dry out and die. And so water is the abundance. And when I was talking to my niece, it was like, ding, ding, ding. A lot of times we're trying to climb mountains because we're so busy looking at the obstacles when we could use the water, which is the promised abundance that will get us to what it is we're wanting to do. Because guess what? There aren't any traffic jams with waves. Yeah, think about it. So let's get into this whole concept of waves. And thank you for listening to me on this because I know this is more parable kind of a talk of a talk we're having today, but that's how it came to me, and that's how I'm I'm giving it to you. Okay, so now that we have talked about this this water and what it means, let's get onto these waves. And waves are very rhythmic. Waves come and waves go. Waves can also be predicted based on where the tides are, based on where the moon is, based on what time of year we're in. Waves also have seasons. You'll have people who are very skilled in riding these waves who know what which coastline to be on during whichever time of year to get the best waves. And what they do is, is once they go and they look for these tall waves, They swim out to meet them and then they are able to work with the power of the waves for the waves to move them in a very fast pace back to the shore. And so just even looking at the process of uh, surfers, you know, people who ride the waves, when you look at that, you're looking at the abundance of water bringing them back to the earth and you're looking at the power of abundance. And it's a very spectacular thing. And that's why it's so hypnotic to a lot of people to uh, become surfers and to go by the water because they're drawn to the abundance of it because that's what it represents. And so the thing that I started gleaning, and it would take me many years to be able to articulate it in a conscious way for myself, 
but that I usually tended to gravitate towards mountains and wanting to climb mountains. Now, I'm not going to say it's because I'm a Capricorn. Sure am not. <laughs> but I will say that that goat perseverance of climbing those mountainsides, it, 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 yeah, I can definitely see it. Uh, but everything doesn't have to be about tackling these huge obstacles to get to the other side. No, you can ride the wave. But also, now this is the big wisdom smack that I had to learn, is that you can start to create waves. So in the business side of of things, me, you know, being an entrepreneur and those types of things and having to make a living for myself, there are certain key traits that you have to learn. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this in an upcoming podcast on the ways of the entrepreneur, that if you're going to be doing this, these are some shortcuts that you'll need to know. And so part of the ways of the entrepreneur we've talked about have definitely been problem solving, self-starting, um, momentum, diligence, and consistency, and all that kind of stuff. But here is another big one. And that is that you have to learn how to make your own waves, how to, aka, make your own abundance. And to be able to generate or make a wave means that you do exactly what the wave requires. And that is you go into the depths underneath it. You go into being able to manage your emotions as well as others. Yes. You go into collecting that um, that fluid power of movement and of uh, deep, deep thought, deep feeling of being able to hit where people feel where people, I call it scratching where people are itching. And when you start to unearth, you see how we're we're talking about the earth, but then you uncover what is really eating at a person, you're able to create the way to bring them to a new place or bring yourself to a new place. It is so funny that even in our everyday vernacular of speech, people will say, oh, she's over there making waves or he's making waves. And whenever you think about someone, quote unquote, making waves, they are doing something in an offense. They are going after something to get it done. And the, 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 wondrous thing about these waves is that unlike you having to use all the power to climb the mountain and overcome the obstacle, you ride the wave, which is doing the work for you. The work that you have to do is just not fall. You you, you know, you, you get a chance to move fast on the abundance of the water that is bringing you toward the shoreline to be able to do stuff. And so, in these last few minutes that I have with you, um, humor me by just look, look, looking at this, um, this, this example. So you have two people. They start out and they both say, uh, I mean, they, they're given this goal. We'll just say we're starting them on um, the coastline in somewhere in California. And in front of them is going to be a uh, mountain ridge. And behind them is a, the large body of the Pacific Ocean. Okay, got that right. So one of them is like, okay, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take this. I'm going to go over these mountains. And the other one is like, to heck with that. They look out to the ocean and they get a, a sailboat. 
And they're like, I'm gonna ride the waves. <laughs> so they're look. You you might look at it from a geolo- geographical standpoint. You're like, that's gonna be a long way around, but they'll get to it. And say, for instance, the gold is in a place called, uh, let's say, Nevada. Okay, so the one person goes in uh, through the obstacle course of the mountain range, and they have to climb it. It's very hard. It's treacherous. It's hot. They've got to go through desert once they get on the other side and contend with that. Uh, but the other person is like, I'm going to get in a sailboat and I'm going to just ride the waves. And and so that one person that's going over the hilltops is darn near dead by the time they make it to this magical place of Las Vegas. And the other person, by the time they uh, move out of the Pacific Ocean and then they start hitting a wind current, you see, a wind current that turns it into the Gulf and they start coming around that tip and then they get into the Gulf and they find that they get even more power, nautical power, because of the wind currents and all the things happening such that that Gulf Stream helps to push them to the east faster. They end up getting to Nevada faster. They're chilling out by the time the person who darn near died 50 billion times finally stumbles into their agreed meeting place. And they both got to their goal. But there was wisdom in riding the waves. And so that's how I started looking at it. And I was like, trying to kick myself. I was like, why? Why didn't I think of this before? And I guess for me, wisdom wasn't ready. But as your practical priestess of wisdom, I wanted to serve it up to you that when you have something that you're coming up against, it might look like an obstacle, but step back a little bit and figure out, is this an obstacle that I need to conquer head on? Or is it an obstacle that I need to just avoid and find another way around it? And as I said before, to me, mountain experiences, they revolve around the power of them. And they should be the last resort of what you're doing instead of, I climb mountains to solve my problems. No, that's not a good use of your time and your effort to gain what you need to. And so, so maybe you've not done this, but if you find that you have done this like I used to, quit equating the uh, payment for manifesting what you want, uh, quit equating it with mountaintops, hilltops, and ranges. And understand that a lot of times you can just ride the wave to get to it. You can even make your wave to get to it. Because remember that where the land is the manifestation of wealth, you have to have the abundance of water to give you that manifestation. And so please consider using the waves when you can and respecting the mountains and the hillsides and the hilltops so that you're not always putting your your life in peril just to achieve what you want and making it unnecessarily hard. There is a wisdom to the waves and I hope you embrace it. I hope wisdom smacks you real good with it so that you get it down in your soul and you are able to pull it and it becomes part of your repertoire that you're able to pull at at will when life's obstacles and goals are presented to you. So guess what? Yep. 
My time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Please don't forget to check the show notes and utilize all the different ways that you can contact me and support the show, including our Amazon link. And that's going to do it for today. I am going to see you tomorrow. Happy New Year and have a great one. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.